Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. On this episode, I catch up with Victorian participant Ray Bretain, the breeder and part owner of recent Group 1 Melbourne Cup winning champion Greyhound Aussie Rocks. We had a chat about what it was like to win the Group 1 Melbourne Cup, how we got involved in Greyhound racing and some helpful advice for anyone hoping to breed and own their own champion one day. I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll start with the most obvious question. How has the past few days been? And, you know, you just telling me before that you went back to work. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but maybe you can ex- explain. But, yeah, as it started to sink in yet, and, and I'm curious to know how many times you've watched the replay. Uh, you know, this, this replay, it's just, it's constantly on. Like everywhere I look on social media or there's there's a replay or there's photos or, uh, I'm starting to get sick of seeing them. <laughs> it sounds stupid, but I look and I think, oh, there, there we are again. And, you know, oh, I don't want people to get sick of it. And the more they see it, the, the more they get sick of it. And, yeah. But that's social media for you, isn't it? Yeah. You, you can't escape it today. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. How did you feel? I want to go back pre-race. Obviously, you know, I, I did see um, yourself and Jeff in a few interviews that you did sort of pre and post race. And you said, you know, you weren't um, overly stoked with box five. You know, did you feel like, obviously you would have been nervous, but did you feel like there was a little bit of less pressure because, you know, like you said, he was, you know, fairly decent odds and there wasn't a whole lot of expectation on him going into that final? Well. Look, when, when I went up and picked the cup up off the table and box five come up and I showed it to the camera and I held it there for a bit and no one said anything and I, I thought, oh, what's happened here? <laughs> and I've had a look at it and it's five. Anyway, I walked over and stood next to Kel Greeno and I said to Kel, I whispered to Kel, I can't believe that. And Kel's whispered, he said, you'd be crying tears. And... um. I thought, I am. <laughs> and then I, th- I said to Kel, box, box seven and box one still there and Jason hasn't had his pick yet. Yep. And we all know Jason seems to come up with box one or box eight in the final. And when little Sophie come up and grabbed box seven, I thought, oh, that's not too bad. That's, Tim Zoo's out there. So that was that was probably a blessing. And then... Lucky Lynn got the the red box, you know, and and I was quite happy for Lynn and to get that. She deserved everything, you know. Yep, yep. No, definitely. Tell me, going back to the actual race, obviously, you know, he he came out good. Um, big energy, you know, missed it a bit, and he obviously got across in front of him. Got his position on the rail, like you said, he loves the rail. How did you feel in running, going into the back straight? Did you think at all we can win this or were you just happy to think, geez, we might be, you know, we might be running a place here? When, when he got to the, the rail going out of the the straight the first time and he's, I've, I've seen he got himself into a good good spot and um, he sort of looked like he, 
I don't know, faltered or something. His tail went up in the air a little bit, but he he got to the rail and going up past the 700 boxes, I knew he had a flat spot and I could see big energy wasn't far off him and I thought, oh, that's, that's not what we want. Yeah. But, you know, and then at, around the 595 boxes he does have, that's where his flat spot sort of kicks in. Um, I thought... When Big Energy's come up on his outside, I thought, oh, no, we, we're running for a place here. Um, but then I could see that Big, Big Energy wasn't going past like a, a $1.65 favourite should. And the, the two leaders weren't um, getting away from us. Yep. And we, we're making ground on the rails and Big Energy's out wide. And then when we turned for home, I could see that he was coming on the rail and he was going to get through and I, I just started screaming. It just, <laughs> I've turned to my sister and I said to her, we're, we're going to win this. And she's, she doesn't understand greyhound racing. She's never been to a greyhound race or anything like You're that. She's kidding. like, what's going on? No, and <laughs> she's just like, what's going on? And I've just started screaming and I'm like, <laughs> I won't say what I was saying, but I'm like, we, we, we won, we won. And, you know, it was just, it was crazy. The whole, it was like the whole grandstand just erupted. People come from everywhere and, like, we had two tables, you know, 20 people up there and it just, it went berserk. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> and it was just like, what do we do now? What do we do? And we've all gone down to the track and ugh, it's just, and Jeff, I walked down the straight to Jeff once, James had finished interviewing him, and we've we've cuddled each other. And he, Jeff was literally crying. Yep. He was just he had his head on my shoulder, and he he just crying. And he says to me, "Rabo, we done it. How, how did we do that? <laughs> it was mad. It was just absolutely crazy." It's not the sort of guy you would expect to be crying on your shoulder. You would have been thinking, oh, thank God, box five didn't matter. <laughs> no, and, and, and that's exactly it. Like, box five didn't matter. And, you know, it was all week I was worried about box five. Yep. I just, I, I couldn't believe, I, out of all the boxes I pulled out, I pulled out box five. Doesn't matter now. Your new favourite box. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow, yellow's my new favorite. Yellow's your new favorite color, exactly, exactly. Tell me about like you touched on it before about you know the the social media aspect and that. I can only imagine the number of messages and like you said the number of people that came up to you at the track and that. How was all that? Because obviously, you know you've you've got your family and friends and you know Jeff's family etc to celebrate. But I think to have the whole community and and all that you know sort of embrace as well just adds that little bit. Um, extra shine to it as well? Yeah, look, when I pulled my phone out and, you know, and had a look at it, I, I'd had 200 messages on it. Wow. Text messages and I had um, over 100 um, Facebook messenger messages. Yep. And I just, I had it on silent and then I had a shitload of missed calls. <laughs> and... You know, by about three o'clock in the morning, because we were still partying, I looked at my phone and there was 
there was 370 messages on on text and 178 messages on messenger wow and 60 or 70 missed calls and i thought i've got to reply to all these so i've i've sat down over the last few days and i've replied to everyone i hope i have individually by name and yep just just in appreciation that you know they people took the, their time out to send us messages all of us messages like there's another two owners in the dog you know plus our families and and everything and just out of respect for the people that took the time out to send us messages of I've replied to them all, I hope, um, individually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's been amazing, the yeah. support. Yeah, nice, nice. Now, you told me you went back to work. Um, did they clap you in when you went back to work or how did um yeah how did it feel like I said to you I said every time you sort of think oh you know today's going a bit bit yuck you sort of think oh well on Saturday I won the Melbourne Cup so it's not it's not too bad <laughs> yeah look I, I do the dog transport here all around Victoria and south into South Australia and so I had messages as well oh when are you coming back to work when are you going to move dogs I need to go back to work to have a break have a rest <laughs> hard being famous isn't it <laughs> uh, it's just look a lot of people know me because I, I do the dog transport and, yep and, and that and you know everyone's been fantastic and and a lot of those messages that come through were you know customers and and people I've met along the way like I've been in this for 30 bit over 30 years and it's taken that long to get a dog like this, you know. I said to someone today, you know, every person that puts money into this sport, buying dogs or whatever, I just wish everyone could feel this feeling because yep. it's just, it's amazing. It's just such a buzz to think that you've you've bred, your own, you've raced, you know, along with, with good friends and family and and, you know, one of the best mates I could have training the dog. Um, it's just amazing. And I just wish everyone could could have that feeling, you know. Yeah. Like the Wheelan boys, they nearly had that feeling on, on on Saturday night. They were up there. You know, they deserved to they put a lot of money into the sport as well. You know, and we, like I said to you before, Dib, these young people coming through our sport, um, we need those people to do that because they're, they're the future of our sport. You know, you've got the Kayla Cottrells and the Holly Thompsons and Luke Thompsons and Ned McDonald and the Whelan boys. You know, so many young people coming through. We need those people to come through this sport and, yeah. and have success. Yeah. No, definitely, 100% right. Um, just going back to what you said about breeding, I mean, obviously that, you know, that's just another, you know, feather in the cap, the fact that, you know, you bred the litter. But how does that feel knowing that, you know, you bred the litter and you've been there, you know, with him from the start and then, you know, you must have been like a proud dad seeing him come out and, you know, win arguably the, the biggest race on the Australian calendar. But being there from day one just must make it just so much more special. Yeah, it is. Look, you know, to 
to breed greyhounds, it's not cheap. And to have a, a dog that you've bred, and we've still got um, three of the sisters and another brother. Matt Clark has one of the sisters, um, and another guy in Queensland has a brother. But to breed these, this litter, um, and Paul Young, who's another owner, one of the owners, he reared them and um, shared the workload with Loretta and, and Paul's family. And well, they had him till had this boy till he was about fourteen or sixteen months old, and we we knew he had something a little bit special, so we brought him over here to Peter Gavin and had him broken in and like a bit extra work breaking in, and yeah, the dog just excelled, and you know, but to have a litter from day one, uh, apart from day one, from the day he's come out to now. That's just a dream. Yeah, you know we can we all go and buy pups and and things like that, but to breed a litter and, and get it to the racetrack and have the success of winning a Melbourne Cup, that, that's just you, you don't you don't ever expect it. Yeah, you don't yep. expect it. Yeah. Everyone, you know, like, oh, probably, you know, the episodes where I talk to people that, that whelp and breed and that sort of thing are, are some of my most popular because I think everyone's just trying to find out what the, you know, you know, a little bit of an edge or a secret to the breeding side of it. But tell me about the mum, Emlyn Jewell, and, you know, sort of your decision behind going to Aussie Infrared. Um, well, what happened? Matt Clark put her up on the, on the internet on Facebook as a giveaway and me and Matt were mates and I, I said to him, what's the go with the bitch? And he said, oh, it's, it's that Trevor Allen line, you know, Jerry Snides, which is Andrew Paraskevis has got a, got that line as well. And I said, Matt, I'll take her. And he said, all right, beautiful. So we got the Aussie Infrared vial. Michael Eberan gave gave that to us. So we put that to her, and I, I remember saying to Matt Clark at the time, "This will be the best litter this bitch has had." She she threw a hundred odd winners to the likes of Beckham Bale and El Gran Senor previously. Yep. And I said to Matt, "This will be the best litter she's had, this bitch." And he looked at me like, "You're not all there. <laughs> You're, there's something wrong with you." Anyway. <laughs> He didn't say it, but I could read his you face. You could read his face, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so we we done it. We missed the first time, and then Michael Eberan was good enough to to honour the the bowl and give us another one. Yep. And um, we ended up with eight out of the litter. One of them had, um, broke her leg when just before breaking in, so she um she never raced. Anyway. We, we just, we got lucky. And I love the breeding side of things. I, I enjoy doing the breeding and, and everything like that. But I think a lot of it, while you, you think you understand it, I don't think you ever understand the breeding side of things. Everyone thinks they're an expert, but I don't think anyone ever is. Yeah. I think if it was, um, I think if it was that easy, we'd all be breeding champions, you know, like you said, I, 
well, a lot of people say to me they think luck's involved and I said, you know, realistically I think it is too. I said, you know, you can do hours and hours of research and, you know, have the best bitch with the best, you know, sire and all the rest of it and you get nothing. So I said, you know, it's, yeah, sometimes it, it does come down to luck. But um, what is it with giveaways and, and group ones? It's becoming a new trend. Let's see, what every giveaway I sell on the internet, I'm going to have a good look at from now on. <laughs> it's... it's... It's crazy, you know, like, that you're right. So many giveaways, brew bitch giveaways, and, you know, people grab them and, and breed a litter, and they, they seem to work out. Like, you can, have, you can have a group one bitch, a multiple group one bitch, and she won't throw a cracker, but then you get something out of her litter that never won a lot, wasn't as good, and she'll throw, she'll throw you something. Yep. You know, it, it doesn't always have to be the the best bitch in the litter. Yep. People yep. say to me all the time, "I want a stud dog," and I say, "No, I want a brood bitch." And they're like, "Why do you want a Why do you want the brood bitch?" I said, "Because if you get a brood bitch, it'll throw to it'll throw to your kelpie, then <laughs> it'll produce you the stud dog." Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. Is there anything, any particular, you know, characteristics, whether it's on or off the track um, bloodlines that you look for when you are scouting for a potential brood bitch? Because I know, you know some people like them to have one in the city. You know, it doesn't matter what state. Um, some of them like them to be related to a Group One winner or something like that. Do you have anything that you particularly look for? No, with, with this particular bitch, I, I wanted to get into that Brandine Misty line. Which is is what um, Andrew Paraskevis got into, and he, he just keeps producing quick dogs, Andrew. And I thought that's what I want to get into. I want to get into that line there. And I was just lucky enough that Matt Clark was giving this bitch away. But I, I do like him to to have been good city class bitches. Yep. She wasn't, but you know, I, I do like him to be. Be at least winning in town. I think that's that's very important. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, definitely. Now we were saying before. Um, you know, you said he's Aussie Rock's path to the Melbourne Cup. You know, probably didn't go exactly to plan. You know, he he finished at the tail of the field in his prelude, but obviously then come out and you know won the heat in the fall. And you go, yeah. As a matter of fact, he's run three three last placings out of his you know past handful of starts and. You know, it just shows you if the if the dog gets it right on the night and things just go right, anything can happen. Oh, definitely. Look, we he he did have he, he had eight, two, uh, three eights next to his name in his last five starts, and it probably wasn't the ideal preparation to be going into a Melbourne Cup heat. But when we drew box two in the heat, oh, I thought we were we'd drawn well enough to hopefully get around. Yeah, we had flying Zulu on our on our inside and we knew he's a quick dog. Yeah. He you know, he led us and led us into the turn and um we clicked his heels and everyone said, Oh, he pulled up, he broke down, blah blah blah. He, he didn't pull up, he didn't break down. We clicked his heels and, and dragged him backwards through the field, which benefited us. Um He's too good a chaser. He's too good a dog to be pulling up or breaking down, you know. Yeah. I, I would have hated to have seen him break down. And 
I don't like seeing dogs break down. I don't like seeing anything happen to them. And, and, but, yeah, going into that heat and we got to the front and ended up winning by just over four lengths, you know, I thought that, that was a big thrill in itself, just getting yeah. through to the final and thinking, wow, we've made a Melbourne Cup. Yep. And then, <laughs> you know, to, to think that you would win the Melbourne Cup from there with those three eights next to your name, no form at Sandown. I think we'd had nine starts at Sandown for for one win and um, a couple of placings. And, you know, in those nine starts, I think we drew box four, five or six, eight times. You know, and then I've come up with box five, pulling box five out for the <laughs> final. You know, can't get any better than that, can you? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, like you said, you know, colour yellow's your new um your new colour now, so <laughs> that's right. So if anyone sees me walking around with a yellow shirt on or something like that, I do love me colours, but yeah, if, if someone sees me walking around with a yellow shirt on, just laugh and we'll keep walking, please. <laughs> Surely they'll understand why. Like you said, you're so. everywhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Now, turning attention, obviously, this week, you know, you you might be in another group, um, group one final. The the show rolls on to to Hobart on Thursday. Um, what do you make of his heat? Obviously, unleash Kalinda, you know, box one, and you guys have got the four. Um, but you know, he obviously does have experience down there, which you know it is beneficial considering you go on straight from obviously sand down down to there. Yeah, look, we we entered him before. The, the Melbourne Cup, obviously, um, and we've come up with box four. It's it's probably the toughest heat um, of the night, so we've decided we're going to pull him out. Yeah, of okay. Hobart on on Thursday night. Yep. Because the turnaround is just too too close together. Like, yep. You know, he's he's had a big run on Saturday night, and Thursday's come around way too fast yep. for him. So hopefully we can pull him out of that and um, get an exemption to go into the Phoenix as a reserve and hopefully go into the match race at the Meadows if we can get an exemption for it. Yep, yep. Um, we're just working through that with Taz Racing and and obviously the stewards here in Victoria. Yep. But Have... that's what we decided to do. Yep, yep. Um, have you, I don't know, have all the Phoenix slots been filled? I don't know. I obviously, uh, yeah, I haven't kept up with a, a whole lot of it. But, yeah, no calls after Saturday night? No, we, we haven't had a discussion. We had a, a, a little bit of a discussion with one of the slot holders um, last week, yep. last Tuesday. And, you know, they we told them what we would want to do and they told us what they would want. And we couldn't come do an arrangement, so that's all good. Yeah, sure. But, you know, that's every slot holder has the opportunity to choose who they want to choose. Um, there's some very good dogs in there, in, yep. the, in the Phoenix. And let me tell you, I went to the Phoenix last year and with um, the guys from Queensland. They invited us along, and if anyone wants to enjoy a real good night of racing get along to the Phoenix because atmosphere-wise, it, it it blows every other meeting out of the water. It is just an amazing night to, 
to get there and, you know, I was lucky enough to see where she's fast winner second Phoenix and it was just it was just a magical night to see those boys from Sportsbet um go off their heads. It was <laughs> it was crazy. It was just mad. I thought we partied partied well, but I reckon those boys would have taken the cake. I um I was watching the the racing.com coverage and even I was sitting here going I can just feel how good of a night it is even just through the TV like you yeah you like even though I wasn't there I I 100% agree with you it just looked like everyone just had a ball It's a, it's just a magical night and you know like the Melbourne Cup was a magical night for us and but you get along to the Phoenix it's a whole different different atmosphere it's like it's like the grand final of of the dream chasers nights you know and yeah we've been we've been to pretty much all the dream chasers nights this year and we've been lucky enough to go and but the phoenix you know and the meadows just do such a great job with it and it, it's it's just magical and to sit on the the table last year with you know the likes of mick zamet who was down here for it um, he didn't have a runner in it, but he he got an invite down, and, yep. and to talk to him, and you know this year he's got Jay's J in it. Yep, it, it, it's just it's just a magical night. Yep. Do yourself a favour, and and at some stage, Jim, come to Melbourne and and enjoy the night because you you'll never you'll never enjoy a night of greyhound racing like that. I tell you what, with the heat predicted up here, I'm dead set thinking about it. I just oh. <laughs> Heat just makes me so sick, and I'm like, oh, I just want, yeah, I'm th- thinking about making a few days just a trip to Melbourne. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it'll cool you down down here at the moment. We've had a hot day here today, but, you know, the, unfortunately the nights of the of these races down here have been a bit bit wet and a bit cold, And but even though it was cold and wet last week, I was still sweating. <laughs> Hundred percent. Oh, what what did what did you do post race? Was there any um was there any crowd surfing or anything like that? You know, we we drank quite a lot of scotch out of the cup. We even I've even got pictures of Neil Brown drinking scotch out of the cup, <laughs> and, and we know what what a legend Neil Brown is in, in our industry. And you know, he's he's got the museum named after him there at Sandown. And yep. We had him there drinking out of the cup, and outstanding. It, it, it was just amazing, you know. We we hung around it upstairs until they shut the bar on us. <laughs> then we sure would. <laughs> then we went downstairs to the to the gaming venue that's at Sandown, and there was a few people still down there. And I've invited all them along to to come and have a drink, and they ended up shutting the bar there on us, and so we. A few of us, a few went home, and I come home here and had a few more scotches, and it got started coming up daylight. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I went that now asleep and got back up, and me and my wife walked along the the boardwalk and met Jeff and his son and and a few of his mates and the the other two part owners, Paul and Loretta, come along and. 
we drank there till about six o'clock and I went and had dinner with my family, me and my wife went and had dinner with my brother and sisters, sister and their kids and Jeff and his wife were messaging us, come back, come back, come, <laughs> we're still here, come back. So we headed back in, in to town here because I live here in the city and I said, oh, oh, I can't go back. <laughs> I need I need a rest. I need some sleep. <laughs> so we've come home and she wanted to keep partying. My wife wanted to keep partying. Oh, good honour. I said I can't. I've got. I need some sleep. And I said we'll go. We'll go out tomorrow and have a few more drinks. But we had the the big poster up, sitting up on the bar on the boardwalk here at the casino with in one of the bar restaurants. Yep. And the Melbourne Cup sitting up there on the table and. People must have thought we were lunatics. We made a fair bit of noise too, let me tell you. Yeah, outstanding. Surely you took the cup with you for it. Did, did it give it an outing on the weekend at all after you won? The cup's been everywhere. I've, I've <laughs> well, slept with it. <laughs> <laughs> I've led down to my site. We're, <laughs> we're going down to Hobart on, on Saturday night and we're going to take the cup down and the people, the Taz Racing, want to have it on there table there at the awards night because the dog's the first Tasmanian bred dog and own dog to win a Melbourne Cup so yep you know the people in Tasmania have been fantastic and they're um they're so excited it's it's disappointing that we pulled the dog out of out of the Hobart thousand because it's a race that I've always wanted to win and I know Paul and Loretta would love to have won it yep um and Jeff's always wanted to win it as well and but it's not to be, and the dog's welfare comes first. 100%. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what prize money's on offer. Yeah. At the end of the day, the the, the Greyhound's pro, um, welfare comes first. Yeah. You know, oh, we don't want anything happening to him or, you know, or be greedy or anything like that. Yeah. We love the dog, and he's always going to have a home with us, and, and that's the way it'll be. Yep, hundred percent. No, definitely. It's you know. I think um, everyone should respect that. Um, regardless, you know, we obviously want to have welfare and that sort of thing at the forefront of of people's minds, especially you know people that may be a little bit on the fence or or that don't like grand racing. So you know, by you guys obviously making that decision, um, yeah, it just reiterates that you know we should always have the dog's best. Um, best interests in mind. Um, I just wanted to ask you quickly before I let you go, can you just take me back, like you said, you, you've been in the sport a very long time. I'm not saying you're old. You're experienced, not old. I feel old. Um, <laughs> how did you get started in greyhound racing? I, <clears throat> years ago, I had, um, I used to buy the, the greyhound paper. Um, the, I don't think it was called the tab form back then, back in the early 90s and, I wanted to buy a, a pup, and I said to my nana, I was only 15, I said to my nana, Nan, can you ring up and <laughs> and talk to these people about a pup? She said, I'm not, you're not getting a greyhound in, you're not getting involved in that. You, you Sounds like my mum. Yeah, <laughs> you'll end up being a gambler and you need to get a job and work hard and all that. So she wouldn't let me do it. So when I turned 18, I... Me and a mate bought our first greyhound and she cost us $500. Like back then, $500 was a lot of money. Yep. You know, and you can't get a giveaway these days for 500 <laughs> That's true. And, 
so we bought her and we we won two races with her and my mate got out of it and and thought you know this ain't this ain't any good for me i'm going to do what your nan said and go and get a job and i kept banging away with the dogs and worked and it, it just i've had hundreds of dogs over the years and it just once you get bitten by by a greyhound you know like the sport you, you can never get out of it no and it doesn't matter whether you do get out of it for a couple of years and you'll always come back to it because it's a great sport and it brings a lot of people a lot of joy and there's very good people in this sport you know it doesn't matter what people say about it or the, you know the antis or whatever they say this no, we're not cruel to them we love them and they're just a beautiful animal you know, once you, once you've had a greyhound, it's what you'll always have. Yeah, they're just they're just beautiful animals, and you know, it doesn't matter to us whether we've got whether it's one of our tier three dogs or or whether it's our group dog. We we love them, we love them all to death. And but if you don't if you don't want to get stuck in a sport, don't go and buy a greyhound. <laughs> you'll be in it forever yep 100% and it pretty much takes over your life <laughs> it does it takes, it takes over your life and like Jeff says to me Ray it's an eight day a week job <laughs> I and love that he, 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 he's right in saying that because it's a 24-7 job and you know even Saturday night after we won Jeff had to get the dog home yep and feed him and and you know, start start his recovery process. Exactly. Yep. You know, you don't get to you don't get to enjoy opening the Christmas presents with the kids and things like that when you've got dogs and your, your family sacrificed so much as well for your love. Yep. Yeah. You would know that. Look. Yeah. You've been you've been involved a while now, and it's 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 not a part time thing you can do. It's full time. Yep. No, absolutely. Oh, I, I know. You know, recently, obviously, started tripping down to my boyfriend's place. The steps on my watch have, you know, increased by about fifteen thousand a day just from <laughs> bloody walking around, getting bowls, and letting dogs out. And you know, you're doing that three, four, five times a day. And yeah, it just it it is. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. And you know, like I'm lucky enough to have good friends in this sport and. You know, I get advice off them all and, you know, good people and, you know, it's it's always good to listen to these to these people that have had success in the sport, you know. It, it's just a great sport. Is there, you know, just to, just to finish off, is there, you know, one or two pieces of advice that, you know, have helped you get to where you are today that have sort of really stuck with you that... Um, you know, it can be from when you sort of first started in the industry or something you've only recently um, been told that, yeah, you think is um, is worth sharing? My first dog I had, I had it reared by a fella named Tommy Reed down in Devon Meadows. And I used to go down there and, and work with him every now and then. And, you know, I got on really well with Tommy and Judy. And Tom said to me every, all the time, Right, it costs as much to feed a slow dog as what it does a fast dog. Just keep trying to find that fast dog. And 
that's what I've done. I've always said it to people, and it's always stuck with me that that Tom said that to me years ago. And you know, it's just just don't give up. Don't yeah. give up on your dream yeah. because it can happen to anyone. You know that 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 champion might just be around the corner, and yeah. be patient with them. You know, don't don't give up on them too quick. Too many people get them straight from the rarers, straight to the breakers, and think that they should be running group times. Give them a spell and from the breakers, and make sure you go to the farm. Don't just dump them at the farm and go back in twelve months' time and and drag them out of a paddock and drop them off at the breaker and think that the breaker's going to perform miracles because he's not. Yeah. You know, and then you know once. Back years ago, once the dog finished breaking in, they would have four four weeks to six weeks off. Yep. To recover from from all the trauma of breaking in, and then you'd get stuck into them and pre training. Pre training didn't exist back then. Yes, true. You know, you've done that. Yep. You've done that all yourself. Yep. And, but never be never be scared to ask questions of people like like good people, good trainers, and you know. Just ask ask questions. If you're not sure of something, ask somebody. Yep. Because yep. people people in this sport are, are more than happy to help. Yep. Yep. And you know, oh, look, you do see sometimes people come into the sport, whether it's an owner or trainer, and yeah, you know, they have really good success quite quickly. And you know, that's you know, combination of things. But like yourself, and you know, like most people I know that you know have eventually got a, a group win or a fast dog. It's taken you know a, a lot of work and you know a number of years to get there. And um, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. It's just about. Um, yeah, just about being patient and, and people are understanding. They're like, hey, look, I was in that situation, you know, 20 years ago, so I know what you're going through. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, look, you sit back and watch the, the good trainers in our sport, the Cal Greenos. I'm talking from Victorian trainers because that's what I mainly know. Yeah. But the Cal Greenos, the, the Glen Rounds, um, Paula Bellas, those sort of guys, they're very, very patient with their dogs. They, they don't rush them. They don't. They they take their time, and they'll get dog from from a breaker, and they won't do anything with those dogs for six, eight weeks. They give them give them time off, you know, and they're just very patient. Yep. Look at how she's fast. She she hasn't been flogged. She's been she's been managed and and well looked after all their career. And people say, oh, she doesn't race enough or whatever. Well, you know what? The, the riding's on the board with her. Yeah. She, she's won over $2 million and not that the money comes into it, but she's been well managed. And Aston Rupee's another one. You know, Glenn and Ray retired Aston Rupee at the top of his game. And, and all because the dog's welfare was number one. Yep. You know, and I'm sure, like, Paul... Paul's owners, Paula Bella's owners have just purchased McKenna and she's come on season straight away. Paul hasn't rushed her. He's he's taken his time with her. And she's I, I believe she's our next um superstar, McKenna. Yep. As a bitch. She That's yeah, it. she's special. Yeah. Yeah, she is special and you know, I can't wait to see her come back and and 
like I was loving watching her, you know, race and and all that, and I think that she's she's going to be something special. Yep, McKenna. Yep. No, I agree. For for a dog um, to do what she did so early on in her career, um, yeah, it's it's very positive signs. And yeah, I'm sure those um those guys are very excited about you know her future. Because like I was saying, you know, when I was um doing the podcast with Dad the other day, you know, there's quite a few of the the superstars retiring and that. So you just sort of yeah. looking now for the next um next one or two to come through. Well, and that, that's exactly right, Dim. Like here we are. We've got wow, she's fast coming to the end of her career. Yep. And then we've got this bitch, McKenna, you know, coming through. And I remember seeing her there at um, Shepparton there a few starts back and she was up against Kelsey Bale, who who is a star in herself, and um, the big boom dog in Scalacci. And she went past Scalacci like he was standing still. And it was just... It was amazing to watch. It was it was an interesting race to watch because you've got Kelsey Bale who's who's been at the top of the tree. Yeah. And then you've got these two young up and coming dogs. You know, Scalacci's a hype dog, and then you've got McKenna who's just going through through her gears. And I thought this is gonna be interesting to see what happens here. Any one of the three dogs could have won because they're both they're, all three are, are good dogs. Yep. And you know, she she never won the race, but it was very impressive how how she went past Galachi and and where his first two sections are just huge in in most races when he gets everything his own way. Yeah. You know. Yep. Hundred percent. It's just just good to see. And look, the 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 bitches don't get the hype that the guys the 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 male dogs do. The guys. The male dogs do. <laughs> That's all right. We know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that, you know, we've got a bitch like that that hopefully takes over from where she's fast and, and, and again, she's a pearl. Yep. There's a, well, that's right, and you know, at one stage they were, you know, arguably the two best dogs, male and female, in Australia. Like, they were just, you know, at their respective tracks, obviously setting the setting the world on fire. And you're right, the number of people that say to me, "Oh, do you know of any, you know, um, pups for sale, etc.?" And I'll say, "Oh, you know, I've seen this litter, this litter," and they're like, "Oh, no, there's only bitches left." And I'm like, and this was back then. I'm like, mate, well, she's fast and she's a pearl, arguably the two best greyhounds, not just bitches, in Australia, and you don't want a bitch, really? <laughs> yeah, 100%. And and I'm guilty of that myself. Don't, don't worry about that. I'm, I'm guilty of saying, oh, there's only bitches left. No, I don't want them. Don't uh, want yeah, them. a lot them. of people are the same, though. My dad's the same. Yep. Yeah, yep. And I, I know trainers that don't want to train bitches. And, yep. You know, good trainers that don't want to train bitches and... Each to their own, you know. Everyone's got their their benchmark of what they want in time wise, and and whether they want dogs or bitches or whatever. But it's yeah, we too many times we brush the bitches aside when we probably shouldn't. Yep, yep. No, I agree. And like you said, you know, if you, it's well, it's a lot for me when I say to people what they're looking for, especially from a pup perspective, I say, look, realistically, it's probably a lot easier to get a, a decent brood bitch that you can breed with, you know, trying to get that superstar 
stud dog, you know, and with so many good stud dogs out there now, I said it, you know, probably easier if you want to go down that route trying to get, you know, a decent broody over a, a superstar stud dog. Yeah, definitely. And that, that goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, people tell me all the time, I want a stud dog, I want a stud dog, and I say to them, find the brood bitch. Yep. Find that brood bitch that'll throw to your kelpie and, you know, she'll produce you a stud dog. Yep. You know, hopefully one day we see some Aussie rock um, pups on the ground and they're winning races. But, you know, that's something that we haven't spoke about or or anything like that. It hasn't even crossed our mind. We're just enjoying the racing at the moment and we'll just see where we end up. Yep. No, definitely, definitely. It's um, it's an exciting thought though to think now that you know, regardless of what happens throughout his career, you guys can float the idea of putting him to stud. Like, it's you know, you, you sort of you wish for it, and then you think, oh God, we've actually got you know possible opportunity now to do that. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and you know, it, it has been floated to us by a couple of people, and we've just sort of brushed it off, and you know. There's so many great stud dogs out there now and, you know, I go to Sandown Vets quite a lot and there's so many of them on the wall, advertising on the wall there and you think, geez, the market's flooded with them. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, there's McInerney just been sold to Ireland, I think it was. and Yep. You know, like, they, they obviously thought, well, you know, we're not going to get a lot of bitches here. Let's send him to Ireland and see what happens. Yep. There's a lot of good stud dog, a lot of good dogs gone to Ireland and, and been successful. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think I saw two Tommy Shelby's pups are, um, uh, you know, some of his semen's gone overseas now and that too. So it's great to see some of our Australian size sort of going international. And that's the opportunities that are available too. I think a lot of people sometimes are a bit scared to go, oh, you know, there's so many good dogs in Australia. I said, well, why don't you look internationally? I said, you know, I know people in England and Ireland who just rave about um, our dogs and bloodlines and all the rest of it, so you never know. I've um, I've moved a lot of Tommy Shelby dog pups and, you know, there's, geez, they're beautiful, beautiful-looking pups and they're well put together and I, I just, I, I think he'll be, he'll be a nice sire, Tommy Shelby and, I didn't know that they'd, they'd sold some internationally. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Yep. I think it was today um, Today or yesterday might have been the post. Um, yeah, that some of his um, some of his semen and that's gone overseas. So, yeah, no, it's definitely very exciting. Oh, it's, it's, it's mad, you know, that the opportunities that we, we've got now with um, semen being able to be sold overseas and it's the same with... with semen from Ireland and America and that we have in this country, you know, very good stud masters in Jeff Collins and, and those sort of guys that import it. Yep. George yep. Daly's another one that imports it and, you know, they spend a fortune on buying overseas sires and bring it into the country. Yep. Like look, at, look at Fernando Bale, um, Kelso Fusilier, when Mel from Sandown was... Um, selling those files at, at the start she couldn't give them away i don't think and yeah she she persevered selling them and selling them and it, it took off 
I'm so glad you said that because now I can finally tell Dad how it's properly pronounced because I've never really been able to pronounce the name. And he goes, you know, Fernando Siren. I'm like, no, you have a crack at saying it. And he goes, I don't bloody know how to say it. I said, well, I don't really know either. So I'll make make sure that he listens to your proper pronunciation of it. (laughs) No, it's it's not an easy name to say. No. It's just mad, but... Yeah, look, any young person out there, just don't give up. Keep keep trying and, you know, you'll have your ups and downs. There'll be times when you've got no money in the bank either. Yeah. Let me tell you, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> you'll be thinking, geez, how am I going to pay the rearing fees this this month? And just keep working hard and, and it'll all come off. It'll all pay off. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.